Next on BYU Sports Nation, put your game day faces on. It's football Friday for BYU. The top five headlines all fans should know before the Cougars' first ever meeting with Middle Tennessee. National Championship quarterback Robbie Bosco joins the show. He'll break down what he wants to see from the Cougars tonight. Plus, Middle Tennessee's starting quarterback Logan Kilgore on preparing for All-American linebacker Kyle Van Noy and how the Blue Raiders can pull off an upset. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Happy Friday, sports friends. Yes, yes, worthy of a clap, Jerem. It is September 27th, and it is game day for Cougar football. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan sits roughly four feet to my left, and he may or may not be wearing a BYU football helmet. I've got, I've got the chin strap on. This is a little tight. <laughs> we also have our game day pylons in the studio. Set the ambiance for the gridiron. Wherever and however you may be listening, Jerem, pylons up for this. Oh, okay, pylons up. Thank it, is you. A radio, it is a radio show, but Thank yeah, pylons up. Thank you for up. making us part of your day. <laughs> it's a party, if you couldn't tell. We have some fun with numbers early in the show, both educational and informative game day preview material. Robbie Bosco bringing in his national championship swagger, plus an introductory course to Middle Tennessee football. Jerem, you made it to another Friday. How do you feel, my friend? This is the fourth week of the show already. Uh, it's gone by extremely fast. Fourth game for BYU. Very excited uh, for Friday game days. I love Friday game days, and I'm extremely selfish with this. Because then Saturday I actually get to watch college football, as opposed to the 10- to 12-hour workday associated with the game, which I love. It's my favorite part of the week. But if I can have both, that's tremendous. So Friday night football. Hey, thanks for making me feel better about the fact that I have to work on Saturday night. Jerem. Oh, yeah, you have a women's volleyball match. I know. Boo You get paid I, to be on TV, I brother. have Come to on. watch sports. Come on. I know. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love it. Absolutely. Uh, if you're new to the program, first of all, welcome. And know this. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. You can also relive the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. Not only can you listen... But please get involved in the conversation whenever and however you feel like it. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Which is, what is your bold prediction for the BYU versus Middle Tennessee game? BYU offense has 300-plus passing yards. BYU special team scores a touchdown, a defensive shutout, or BYU defense creates three turnovers. What do you think? I'm going to go with D. BYU defense creates three turnovers. I think the BYU defense is really angry right now, coming off a, yeah, yeah, coming off a tough loss against Utah, and I think they have a, a serious point to prove. They're going to be they're going to they're going to do the uh, what do you call it, the ball hawking yeah. defense uh, scheme tonight? Yeah, so they're going to Kyle Van Noy's here's John Gruden on Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy's going to get out there. He's going to do work. He's put in the time. He's going to make some plays. This guy, I love this guy. That's awesome, That's man. That's awesome, man. <laughs> this show is so di- – wearing a helmet, oh, my gosh, this is changing. I can't get the mic. It's like the face mask is right here. Here's the face mask. The, the, wind, the windscreen's getting in, caught in the Jared, face mask. Jared can barely hold up his neck with that BYU helmet on. <laughs> Buck 60. Yeah, weigh in on the poll question on BYUTVSports.com. Oh, my chin strap came off. If my helmet comes out, i got to be out of segment, right? Oh, settle down. Settle down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, take a time out. Yeah. Jordan, go to the sideline. Come line. out for a play. And then on, on Twitter, weigh in at BYU, TV, or at BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, this has changed right. the game for me, wearing this helmet. Okay, now it's time to uh, understand Blue Raider football. So uh, let's move on to more on Middle Tennessee. Well, you know, I think the biggest thing you can take is we're a pretty resilient bunch. Um, I like our, our competitive spirit. I think we've done a good job of, uh, you know, finishing games, especially these last two weeks. Head coach Rock, uh, Rick Stockstill, that's hilarious that I called him Rock because we've been joking all week along about accidentally calling him the wrong name, and I just called him Rock. You did it. Rick Stockstill joined BYU Sports Nation uh, a couple of days ago, on, and he gave us two things he's very pleased with his team doing. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall said something interesting as well to me yesterday, and that is, he expects a lot of the fans will, will be surprised when they see how well coached this team is, and he says they will be better than people expect them to be. When you hear Middle, Middle Tennessee, you don't think 
great Not football exactly program. Sure yeah, much about them, and we'll, we're going to tell you about them. Yeah, but Bronco says I expect this team to to compete and to be better than people expect them to be. So let's tell you about them. They're three and one on the season. They beat Western Carolina by twenty one. They lost to North Carolina by twenty. They beat Memphis by two, and then they beat Florida Atlantic by seven in overtime. So not a crazy tough schedule, but three and one is good. They were eight and four last year in the Sun Belt Conference. Lost to Arkansas State. I believe it was 59 nothing in the championship game. Didn't go to a bowl despite winning eight games because the Sun Belt only has one bowl tie-in. Uh, but they're in Conference USA this year. Conference USA has six yeah. bowl tie-ins, by the way. So they're going to – I imagine they're going to go bowling. They only need to win three of their last eight. Uh, and then they come in excited about playing here. They don't play on ESPNU again the whole year. This is their biggest TV game of the year, and it's on a Friday night. This is a huge deal for the Blue Raiders. Yeah, this is their chance to shine in the national spotlight. And going back to the fact that they won eight games and didn't go to a bowl game last year, kudos to the Blue Raider Athletic Department for making the transition to Conference USA. That's a huge yeah, step up for their program. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing in a bowl game uh, sometime in December or January. Okay, there you go. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, the home of the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. The largest uh, undergrad population of any university in Tennessee. We learned that yesterday. Yeah. And BYU will return this game next year to Murfreesboro. So if you're a BYU fan uh, near Tennessee, Nashville. North Carolina, or West Virginia, or Ohio, whatever, you're going to get a game somewhat near you next year. That, that's exciting. And that's part of Independence. Go play all over the place. And there are the Blue Raiders. And how about five specific things you're going to want to know before kickoff tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll start with number one, the BYU defense, Jerem. Okay, this comes from a tweet from Dave McCann, who uh, will call the play-by-play and the game day replay, which you can see tonight immediately following the postgame on BYU TV. Man, this chin strap's bugging me. The, the last 20 games, <laughs> B, the BYU defense, this is amazing. The BYU defense in the last 20 games has not allowed more than 24 points. Except for one time against Oregon State. Once! They lost that game. Okay, that's a legitimate loss. So, in other words, what we're saying, if BYU had scored 20, 25 points or more in all of the last 20 games, BYU would have gone 19-1. and one. Oh! What could have been? The great defense. The, the average score during that span, 26-12. to 12. So you're telling me BYU, over the course of those 20 games, outscored their opponents... By an average of twenty six to twelve. Yes. So they're only aver- they averaged twenty six for the duration. Average. We're saying if they scored twenty five in every game or more, it would have been nineteen and one. How many games did they win in that twenty game span? Well, I didn't come up with that. Of course, you'd ask me that right now. Well, I can do the math. I'll tell you, you out of the break. That's why you got the football helmet on, Jaron. Get to that. <laughs> BYU's defense, in other words, I need has to been, take it off to find that number. Has been ridiculously good. Tell me something that we don't know. Yeah, I know. But that quantifies it the more than anything else I've ever heard from how good the BYU defense has been and how just okay the BYU offense has been. And granted, that was Brandon, mostly Brandon Doman's offense. This is Robert and I's offense. But the defense has put BYU in position to win every single game. Every game. Even the game they lost even to Oregon, Oregon State. State. It's 21-21 in the fourth. There are and, opportunities there. And this week... Bronco Mendenhall mentioned, um, Gregor Bell asked Bronco Mendenhall, what would you tell, as a defense coordinator, what would you tell Taysom Hill in regards to what he needs to do in relation to your defense? I believe the question was that. Bronco said something like, Taysom, uh, you're going to be, we're going to put you in position to be in the game at the end. So make make plays. In other words, the defense is going to be awesome. And they delivered. Yes, and they have. This is this is the be- these two defenses the last two years have been the best two defenses the BYU's had. Oh six was a really really good defense, but I think we're in the middle of a golden era of defense for Bronco Mendenhall. So offense, be o- be if you could be good, then BYU is a top twenty team. If you can be okay, BYU is going to win at least eight nine games this year. There you go, number one BYU defense on point. The second thing you need to know, Taysom Hill and the 24-point benchmark for BYU's offense. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about that, Jerem. Where do the Cougars begin with their offensive struggles right now? We've heard from every coach, heard from players. Everyone's offered their insight. What needs to happen tonight for this to start rolling in the right direction? You need to get the passing game better. And 24 sticks out to me with passing, too. Taysom's career high 
for completions is 24. 24. 24 of 36 against Utah State last year. I'm wondering what BYU does in this game. Do they make a conscious effort prior to Utah State to be better at the pass? Or do they say, it's only about this game, and we're going to run till we till we get a lead, or we're going to play our offense until we get a lead, and then we go. Or does BYU say, we're going to use this game to get better and win, as opposed to just win the game however we need to do that? To me, this game is almost more about Utah State than it is Middle Tennessee, honestly. It's about getting ready for the Aggies. BYU should win this game, and they should win big. Uh, and Utah State's looming. Utah State's a really good team. Very That's going to be a tough game to win in Logan. Win impressively. I think that's what a lot of BYU Sports Nation wants to see. And, and why not? I mean, I know I'm that's uh, Captain Obvious again right there, but if BYU wins this game and it's close, they, they kick a field goal late to win, I don't know how confident we the fan base are going into the game in Logan. If it's less than 20, that sentiment is... Is forthright. So Taysom Hill, 24 completions, a career high that came last year against Utah State, ironically. 24 of 36. Uh, threw a lot of balls that night to Cody Hoffman. And so, you know, he's going to need to find his big targets if he wants to do that. Give him a chance to catch the ball, and they'll do it. They'll do it. Take advantage of the height that you have with Mitch Matthews and Hoffman and Oppo. And then when those guys start to get double teamed, you have Skylar Ridley and J.D. Falslev, two really sure-handed guys. Just give them an opportunity to catch the ball. And there have been drops this year. We're not taking you know, credit away from, uh, from Taysom there because he hasn't been helped out a ton in that category when balls have been catchable. But it's, it's time. It's time for, for him to show what he's capable of doing and to show why Jim Harbaugh wanted him at Stanford. And what to, to hand off to those running backs? Um, they, they're awesome. Uh, and then to play action and have you know a better opportunity. That's high percentage throws. I think that's something that uh, Blaine Fowler is going to address on the pregame show on BOTV tonight. Is Robert and I need to put Taysom Hill in position to have high percentage throws to kind of ease him into this. By the way, the percentage for Taysom passing. What's the break the bank number that has to happen tonight, or you're um, concerned about the completion percentage? What do you have to see tonight? 50%. 50, me too. 50%. It's got to be 50 or above. If it's not, then I'm very concerned that through four games, the BYU quarterback didn't throw over 50% in any of those. Passing game a priority. Now the third thing, explosive kick returns. First game, a little bit. Um, second game, not as much a surprise. And then the third game, you know how it is. It's just like, all right. That was Adam Hine talking about some of his returns on the year. Six kick returns for Adam Hine through three games. That's an average of two, of course. He's had three flags on those. If Okay, we don't know what impact those flags had on those plays, but they would have been 51, 57, and 100, oh. including a touchdown. Adam Hine would be averaging 46.5 yards per kick return to lead the country if those flags weren't thrown and those plays stood. Instead, he's averaging 23, and he's at 30th. Middle, but he's still explosive. I really like the weapon that is Adam Hina. I, I hope that tonight we see him spring one. Also, uh, Reggie Watley of Middle Tennessee, averaging 30 a kick return. Explosive. He's 16th in the country. I think we'll see something special uh, on a kick return tonight in the game. And the thing is, Adam Hina, with that 46.5 average, barring no flags, that's 11 yards better than the second best yes. kick returner in the country. Exactly, at 35. Yeah. Oof. On to your fourth point. Turning it over. BYU, negative two on the season. And Middle Tennessee, plus three. So as good as the BYU defense has been, they've given up 19, 21, and 20. And lost two of those games. Yet they've only generated two turnovers. That's that's crazy. Can you imagine how much better that would be had they gotten their hands on a few of those balls against... Uh, Utah, the interception, potential interceptions, fumbles. I mean, it's it's that close. There's two sides to this because one, making making plays to force turnovers is harder than it is to just have unforced errors to yes. receive turnovers. So some of that's luck, just getting turnovers, and some of it doesn't matter. But when BYU doesn't get any, uh, doesn't force enough turnovers in close games, 
that could have proven different. Now, let's say BYU was plus five, but they didn't do anything with those turnovers. They had the ball at their own 20, and they went three and out or got a first down and kick. Then it's irrelevant. Yeah, but getting turnovers that lead to points, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. And Middle Tennessee is plus three, but they've turned the ball over a bunch. Uh, they've thrown six interceptions through four games and then fumbled it, uh, turned it over twice. They've forced seven interceptions and four fumbles. So they actually, it's, you know, uh, forced 11 and then given up eight. So they, they've turned it over quite a bit. BYU, uh, three interceptions, one fumble on the air, and then one pick and one fumble recovery on defense. Turnover battle, watch for it tonight. And finally, the fifth thing you need to know before kickoff between BYU and Middle Tennessee it's a number, 17.5, and that is the number of seconds that it takes BYU on average to run from one play to the next. That is the fastest offense in the country, and Bronco Mendenhall had this to say about it. What I'm encouraging more than anything is for the pace to remain the same and the execution to catch up with it. And what I've seen is opponents substituting seven or eight guys at a time and having a hard time getting on and off the field. When we execute with that tempo, that's the vision I see of our program. Stay fast, go harder. And harder is not talking about effort, Jeremy. It is. I thought it was effort yeah. until yesterday. It's raising the execution level, which I learned as well. Tempo of the offense and execution level. That's what the the interpretation has finally come out of. Go fast, go hard, officially. And you had a conversation with Bronco Mendenhall for the pregame show uh, tonight, countdown kickoff. Uh, and you'll hear from Bronco a little bit on that. But, yeah, the, the fast part, check. 17.5 seconds, faster than everybody else. Faster than Oregon. That's awesome. You know what's more awesome? Executing the offense, yes. too. So that's the next step. And with a young quarterback, a new offense, you know what? If, it's a, if, if BYU ends up winning 9 or, or 10 games on the season, the 1-2 and two start, it doesn't matter because it took a little while to figure out. But the concern on BYU fans' part is that it's not going to happen, that the execution isn't going to just... Turn on. So tonight, BYU's got to execute at a really high level against an opponent that is good, but is not as tough as Utah State and Notre Dame and Wisconsin and Boise State. Yeah, the Blue Raider defense is a little bit depleted, so it's an opportunity for BYU to really shine on offense. Very quickly, Jerem, let's read some of those bold predictions on Twitter from those sounding off at BYU Sports Nation. You can join our conversation anytime you'd like. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation. Let's see, at Spence1CA, he says, Bold, Adam Hine takes a kick return to the house. J.D. Falslove takes a punt return to the house. And two tight ends will score TDs. <laughs> Hashtag Football Friday. That's Slow super, down. super bold. One of those would have been bold. All right, time for one more, my friend. What do you got? At Mark Jenks one Taysom Hill completes 50% passes. And then he sarcastically says, better make it 45%. Yay. Easy. Yikes. <laughs> Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, National Championship quarterback Robbie Bosco weighs in on the BYU passing game. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Johnny Harleen, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer Linton. Isn't it Spender? Spencer underscore Linton. Oh, yeah. You're, you're fired. Spender. And at Jerem Jordan, join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of that Twitter account, Jerem, uh, we just sent out a fantastic picture of you in the helmet. Yeah, I took it off. In studio. <laughs> Jerem could only last one segment. Oh, I'm free. <laughs> I believe you said to me, how does somebody wear this and catch a ball? While wearing this with yeah, a face mask. Any kind of uh, athletic street cred that I had, which was none, is gone. There's <laughs> a reason I'm doing, I pursued broadcast. You did have three helmet stickers on. Yeah. Which prompts the question, yeah. how did you earn those three helmet stickers? Let me tell you. They're, they're all black, which means they're special teams. So <laughs> when I played, quote unquote, played, <laughs> should I make something up from intramurals? Yes. Uh, Zach Brady, former Pleasant Grove Quarterback, All-State quarterback. All-Stater. Yeah. Uh, I think I caught a two-point conversion, so I got one for that. That's not special teams. And, uh, yeah, we're done. Okay, the end. <laughs> oh, Jerem. Let's get to some more tweets. Really? That's all you could come up with? Yeah, that's all I got. A two-point conversion, which not special teams? Well, I need to be targeted more. All right. On the field. Like Cody Hoffman, I need to be targeted more. At M. Judkins 11. 
Bold prediction. BYU 21, uh, Middle Tennessee 3. One defensive touchdown, Hill throws for 112, and BYU rushes for 216. I don't know if that's bold. That's more specific prediction. One defensive touchdown. That is bold, actually. <laughs> Here we go. At F. Ruiz 801. BYU wins a close and sloppy game as they put the majority of their effort in the pass game. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure that how... That is bold. It's, BYU's not going to do that. They're going to rush the ball. I think BYU's going to just run whatever they want until they get a lead, and then they won't... Here's the thing. If they're up big, they're not going to pass. It's not going to happen. If, if Ammon Olsen gets into this game, he's not going to pass very much. There may be some play action, but it's not going to be anything down the field. All right, we've got, uh, we've got some clever people tweeting in. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really cold. Come on. Bold prediction? Come no. On. If, if it's really warm, that's the bold prediction. <laughs> Come on. More. Uh, at JSJ35. Oh he, oh, he just says he'll be celebrating a W with a root beer and a brownie. Yeah! Wait, wait. Save that till after LDS General Conference next weekend, right? Now you can watch it at home on BYU TV, the priesthood session. Okay, awesome. let's, go back. let's go back to that tweet about the close game. What if... Okay. Middle Tennessee plays BYU tough, and it's a close game. What, I think they will, but not in the second half. What is your takeaway if the Cougars and Blue Raiders are very close late in the game? Is that is that what's bad what's close? News? Are we talking two scores? Let's say, score? let's say it's within fourteen points in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Concerning for BYU that you feel like you're uh, more talented. You feel like you have more depth. You feel like. Uh, you have better skill position players that BYU's defense. If it's 14, that means it's 20 to 14 or something. The BYU defense is not going to allow more than 20 against Virginia, Utah, and Texas and then give up more to Middle Tennessee or equal to, in my opinion. Concerning, very concerning, that the offense... Tonight's game is not about the defense. It's about the offense and it's about the passing game. That's the number one thing I'm looking at. Can BYU throw for 50% completion rate or more, independent of the number of throws. What do you think? The only thing I like about a close game is I like early season adversity. I like early season adversity. Against Middle Tennessee? I don't care who it's against. If If the battle is there and your team competes and you go out and you earn a win, you can build off of that. That said... You yeah. shouldn't battle with Middle Tennessee. I don't think it should. Yeah, you you are physically superior to that team, hands down. All right, we now welcome a national championship quarterback at BYU. Robbie Bosco wore the Cougar blue from 1981 to 85. Of course, he led the BYU Cougars to an 84 national title with that Holiday Bowl victory over Michigan. He is now the Varsity Club Director in the BYU Athletic Department. We welcome Robbie Bosco to BYU Sports Nation. And Robbie, let me ask you this. What is the one thing you want to see most from BYU tonight against Middle Tennessee? How about a win? (laughs) (laughs) Win, baby! Good answer. No, but I, I think you know. I, I think some of the things. Just looking at some of the games that we, the last three games that we've played, I just think offensively we need to be more efficient. So we need to um, instead of just trying to make big plays, we need to just kind of move those chains and keep uh, keep the offense on the field and and having some success in everything that we do, not just one. Uh, aspect of the game so we need to be way more efficient throwing the football um maybe completing some more balls underneath and some more in the medium range and then being efficient running the ball and then just taking care of it and going down there and scoring some points and i think by doing that you know i think that will give the offense some confidence uh for the games down the road where do you see uh more efficient where more efficiency could happen on the BYU offense specifically Throwing the ball. I mean, we're completing 35% of our passes. We're dropping balls. We're not running all the the right routes. And so kind of the overall passing game can be more efficient. I'm really pleased and happy with uh, Cody, the way he's playing. I think he's getting a little more healthy, but he's catching the ball like crazy. J.D. Falsev's catching the ball and making some plays. So I'd like to see the rest of the group, you know, just being more consistent catching that ball. And, and I think that we can make the, the most progression along those lines in the passing game. 
talking to Robbie Bosco, national championship winner here at BYU in 1984. Robbie, you mentioned the underneath throws. J.D. Falslove, Skyler Ridley, those guys have great hands. They can make plays. Do you feel like BYU needs to put a serious emphasis on that five- to seven-yard pass? Because it seems like Taysom, a lot of his struggles have come from throwing the ball deep down the field. Do you feel like the efficiency starts with the five- to seven-yard pass? Well, the first thing along those lines is I'm not I'm not sure what plays are being called, and I, and I haven't seen any of the games on film where you can actually watch it and analyze it and see where the routes are. So it's kind of hard to talk about. Uh, even though we, we can visually see that balls aren't being thrown there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those kind of plays aren't being called and we're making reads down the field first. And so that is... Uh, so that's kind of hard for me to answer in those regards. But um, I know going into the, the last week's game, I know one of the plays that they put in is is more uh, designed to hit that five- to seven-yard range. And um, so I, th- I think they're aware of that, and I think they're, they're trying to get to that. Talking with Robbie Bosco, former quarterback at BYU, played in the NFL as well. Robbie, uh, Robert and I was one of your offensive linemen on that national championship team. You're in the athletic department. You work in the same building. Uh, what's the relationship like uh, with Robert, and how much do you talk with him? Uh, I talk to him all the time, and our relationship is awesome. And uh, I'm his biggest fan. I think he's in the right place at the right time, and I think he's going to get this thing turned around. Uh, he does a great job. I think he's got the um, the offense. I think the scheme is going in the right direction. Now it's just a matter of getting things done and 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 doing everything that the players are asked to do in the proper manner and and just playing hard. And I, I have no problems with the the way things are going right now. Other than I don't think we're playing as good as I know we can, and I think they feel the same way. But um, but my relationship with Robert is is great, and and I talk to him probably two or three times a week. Robbie, we know you you have that uh, great relationship with Robert. How about with the players, and specifically Taysom Hill? Have you talked to him much about uh, his struggles in the passing game and what he needs to do? Uh, not really. You know, I I really try to kind of stay away <laughs> a little bit from that, and um, you know, I. I Everybody, they all know I've got an open door policy if they ever need anything, and you know we've talked a little bit, but um, not not so much since the season started, and and I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, you know sometimes it's good to get a, another uh, opinion, another view, and so. But as of now, we haven't talked. To, too much since the seasons began. So if I send my intramural flag football quarterback to your office, could you give him a couple of pointers? <laughs> yeah, but I, I charge a large rate, though. Oh, uh, okay. They might be able to afford it, but... Okay, we'll talk after. Okay. Uh, the, when breaking down some of the statistics and reviewing a couple of the games, the thing that I've noticed is BYU is not as far from having this thing running at a high clip than maybe fans think it is. The completion, the yards per completion is high, 14... It's at 20th in the country. Uh, the, th- the passing lanes are there for Taysom. It's just being able to make some of those plays. Uh, what, what have been your observations with, with line play and receivers? And um, We've talked about Taysom a little bit, but it's, it seems like BYU is not too far away from getting this thing going really well. You know what? That, that's, a, that's a good observation because I agree. I mean, we've had some drop balls. We've had some penalties that have taken some big plays away. We, uh, but in, in, even when things are rolling, as a coach, you're, you're in your, you're in the meetings, and you can always get better. There's nothing you can do out there that they don't think we can get better at this or that. And so, you know, the bottom line is winning football games. You know, and sitting here one and two, just losing to those guys, it. it you know, those are the things that I think put a, a, a nasty taste in everybody's mouth. But when you really look at it, I think we're going in the right direction and we're doing the right things. The, the, the scheme of the offense is a good thing. The speed of play is a good thing. But, you know, you just got to make more plays than they make. 
and I didn't think I don't think we did that against Virginia or Utah. Interestingly enough, tonight uh, there is rain in the forecast, Robbie. And I asked, Bronco, I asked Bronco Mendenhall yesterday well, his, his concerns, and he said, well, it wouldn't be BYU football in 2013 without rain, right? And I said, that's right, Coach. But uh, the spinoff of that is because BYU has dealt with these conditions early in the season and they've had these adversities, do you feel like that can be used to their, their benefit of the team? Well, I, I think sometimes when you play in an initial – rainstorm or when it's raining, I think you can kind of get freaked out. Oh, the ball's going to be too wet. We're not going to get snaps. Everyone's going to be slipping. But I think we've played in enough now to where that shouldn't be a, a, a worrisome to us. And we should be just playing like it's any other game because you can't control the weather. Now, on the other hand, Middle Tennessee, I don't know. I mean, in Tennessee, it does rain there. I don't know if they've played in any bad weather games. It'll probably be a little bit colder than what they're used to. So they might have some worries. I'm going to guess they line. haven't seen the monsoon conditions that BYU has seen no, against no, Virginia and Texas. Sure they haven't seen those conditions. <laughs> and hopefully, even for our sake, it doesn't get quite like that. But I think we've done enough this year and played in enough of that that really we should just go out there and play football. Because if, if you're going to worry about the weather, if you're going to worry about slipping, worry about are these the right shoes, you're not going to play very good. You just got to go out there and play like it's a, a normal sunny day. Talking with Robbie Bosco, former BYU quarterback, now working in the BYU athletic department. With this new go fast, go hard offense, it seems like when BYU BYU works really well between the twenties, but once they get into the opponent's twenty in the, in the blue zone, seems things seem to stall a little bit. What are your observations thus far in the season? Well, that that happens a lot to a lot of teams. You know, everything tightens down. You know, you have the defense doesn't have to back up as far in the open field and everything. So you got to be a lot more efficient. You got to be a lot more accurate and you got to be just, you just got to be more perfect. You can crowd the box a little more because they may not need as much help in the, at the corner position. So everything needs to click a little bit better. And that's where I think with some of our players, we're a little young and we're not clicking quite so well there. And I think it's because, it's because of the shorter field and things are a little bit tighter. So that's another thing that I think would be a real positive is when we get down to the red zone that we're, we're making plays, we're uh, being more efficient, and then we're getting the ball in the end zone instead of you know scoring from outside the 30 or something. Robbie, you've mentioned a couple of times BYU not making the play when they need to, and you've mentioned the youth of this team. What's it going to take for BYU to get over the hump and start doing those things? Is it just a matter of reps? Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you know, when you think about it, you know, this is Taysom's fifth or sixth game, something like that, and he's a sophomore. I, I didn't even play in my first varsity game until my third year at BYU, and that was playing in a backup role to Steve Young. And so it's not an easy game. It's, it's a tough sport to play. It's a, it's a physical sport, and there's a lot of things going on in the mind of a quarterback. And it, But it's all run through the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback's got to play better uh, to be effective, and Taysom is going to be a great quarterback. And he does a lot of great things, but he's also – going to learn each game that he plays, each snap that he takes, he's going to learn more and more and more. So it's just going to be a matter of how quick is it going to all register where the game slows down for him. And that's the key. The more experience you have and the more playing time you have, the game starts slowing way down and actually becomes pretty easy. When you first start playing, the game is really fast and things happen a lot quicker than you want to be. So, you know, Taysom's going to figure this out. I know he will. He's a great person, great young man, and he's an outstanding football player. And I think it's just a matter of watching him improve each game. And the fans that we all are, we just want to see that improvement a lot quicker than it normally probably would take. Chatting with Robbie Bosco here on BYU Sports Nation. If I'm not mistaken for a, a, a 
for a time, you were the get back guy on the sideline. Am I am I mistaken? Yeah, you're mistaken. Oh, okay. There's always a guy <laughs> on the been, sidelines who's been a get, the get back guy. You're like, I was a coach. What are you talking about? Who who were some of the get back guys? And what I mean by that is in the box, the players tend to just creep towards the field, right? So you get yeah. get back, get back. Who's the get back guy on this team? And uh, what what's that challenge like on the field? Typically, they don't like when I would play. It would be um, Pete Whitback, who was one of our athletic directors, <laughs> was actually the get back guy back then. I want to be and, the get back guy, <laughs> and that is really crazy because you would never have, you would never see Brian Santiago or Tom Holmo <laughs> get back! Still being the get back guy, and Pete actually would get his ankles taped prior to the game. Oh, my wow. gosh. And I think, you know, it, it could get pretty nasty in there. And then I, I know lately, like the last few years, it's been the strength coach has done it. Now you have a, you know, a little stronger guy and a guy that can handle that. So typically, it's, I don't think it's one of the players, but I, typically they'll have uh, one of the coaches, not, not one of the football coaches, but like a strength coach. or Is it Jay Omer now? Like so I don't know who it. I actually don't know who it is. Someone I'm not inside that box to hear, get back, get back. Someone with an intimidating presence. I don't. You need to have a big boy in there to <laughs> everyone to listen to. For get sure. back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robbie, last question. Jerem Jordan brought a BYU football helmet into the studio today. It has three helmet stickers on it. Uh, we're going to give him a fourth because at one point in today's interview, you gave him props for asking a good question. My question Thanks, for Robbie. you is, during the 1984 National Championship season, do you know the specific number of helmet stickers you had? That I had? Yes. Do you know, or am I, or am I just guessing? I, I don't know. You're asking oh. the BYU quarterback in okay, the 80s how many eight. helmet stickers he had. <laughs> like 105? No. I got, I got one for throwing touchdown passes, so that's about... 33. Okay. We got them for winning games. So it's another 13, 12. right? Oh, 13. 13. So you guys, that's 46. Okay. We got them for, um, I think, total offense over 500 yards. So I'd add another, I'd add another just nine to that. Okay. Um, 55. Running for. I think when we ran for over 100 yards, we got one. So you can probably add another seven. Wow, 62. This is impressive, Robbie. Um, wow. Yeah, that's probably about right around there, I okay, guess. Okay, so if we say 62, I'm going to spin that number, 62, and say that that is an omen for Taysom Hill's passing percentage tonight. 60, 62%. 62%. Wow. Wow. Okay. I like it. We're going to double. Mark it down. Robbie Bosco, you're a class act. Thanks for joining BYU Sports Nation. Hope to have you on again soon. All right, Jim Spencer. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robbie. Bye. Robbie Bosco. Man, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, great insight by a, a national championship quarterback. The national championship quarterback for BYU. Plus Blaine Fowler. Sorry, Blaine. <laughs> we hope Mr. Fowler is listening somewhere. In the sky, on an airplane somewhere. He's always on an airplane. Oh, he'll be here today. There's a there's oh, a game. Right. There's, there's a football game. There's a football game. He'll be here. He could be on a plane right now, though, Jerem. He could be. Coming up, more quarterback talk, this time with the opponent, Middle Tennessee's Logan Kilgore, on what makes Kyle Van Noy such a special player. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. It's game day between yeah. BYU and Middle Tennessee. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 8. The game will air on ESPNU and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, by the way, both BYU TV and BYU Radio have post-game coverage immediately following the final seconds ticking off the clock. How about that poll result? Jerem? What's your bold prediction for BYU versus Middle Tennessee? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and tweet at BYU Sports Nation. The leader right now at 39%. BYU special team scores a TD. Followed by BYU defense creates three turnovers. BYU offense has 300 plus passing yards and a defensive shutout. A special teams touchdown is the bold prediction from the people. We'll get to some of your tweets in a bit. But. You, you asked me what mine was. What's, what's your bold prediction out of those four? Out of those four? 
Think about okay. it, Jerem. I, I agree with uh, special teams. I want 300-plus passing yards, but uh, BYU special team scores a touchdown. I think that would invigorate uh, the fan base as to, okay, we need other we need other scoring opportunities. We need to put points on the board in any way possible. Uh, and hopefully the offense you know sparks, but if not, there's other ways to score. They're a, rare, but it happens. It's a football Friday. It's a great day. I love football games on Fridays. It's so much, it's so much better than Saturday. Let's understand the fall a little bit more. Logan Kilgore is the starting quarterback for Middle Tennessee. He'll lead his Blue Raiders into Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight as they take on BYU. We spoke to Logan earlier this week and asked him what his initial reaction was when he saw they would play BYU on the schedule for Middle Tennessee this year. Uh, you know, I think that uh, I was excited being from California, uh, giving my family a chance, uh, you know, all my friends and everybody who's a tough trip all the way out to Tennessee sometimes. So uh, it's a little bit closer for them. So uh, definitely excitement. Looking at the Middle Tennessee uh, schedule history, this is the first time the Blue Raiders have gone west of Texas since 2004, playing at elevation. How will the team prepare for a game like that? Uh, you know, I think that every week there's different challenges and things like that. We haven't really had a hot day here in uh, in Murfreesboro, and last weekend we had to go down to South Florida uh, and play in a game that was, you know, well over 100 degrees, and I think that this is just another challenge, you know, it'll be... Uh, a lot cooler and uh, elevation and whatnot, but I think that uh, we just focus on the things that we can't control and uh, not really worried about you know everything else. Logan, you're a senior quarterback. You've been around the program for quite a while. What makes Middle Tennessee football unique, and why should the what should the country know about your team? I think that uh, you know Middle Tennessee. Uh, you know, we just changed conferences this year. Um, got out of the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, won eight games last year, and. Uh, you know, I think that, that, that we've built, you know, Coach Stock's still done a great job recruiting, um, and, and we've built a, uh, you know, a nationally known program. And uh, uh, I think we're, you know, we we play hard, play just about as hard as you know anybody in the country. Um, and uh, and I think that that's kind of something that we hang our hat on. Uh, you know, no matter what the score is, no matter what the uh, situation is, um, we'll, there'll always be guys flying around, and um, that's something I really like about our team. Fifth-year senior Logan Kilgore, the quarterback for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders here on BYU Sports Nation. Tell us about some of the weapons that you have at your disposal on offense. Um, you know, I think we, last year we had a, a true freshman starting at running back for us, and this year, you know, he's a sophomore now, and Jordan Parker, and he's uh, he's done a great job for us. Um, we also got some dynamic running backs, uh, some some threats out of the backfield, Reggie Watley and Jeremiah Bryson, and then. Uh, you know, down the field threats, I think that, um, you know, Tavares Jefferson's done a great job um, at receiver for us, and Devin Clark, uh, Kyle Griswold out, out wide. So um, I'm excited about uh, definitely about our weapons this year. We spoke with your coach uh, on BYU Sports Nation earlier this week, and he said that Jordan, and speaking of Jordan Parker, he's not a speed merchant, but he can beat you physically. Uh, do you feel like that's the mentality of your team is while you might not be faster or necessarily stronger, the effort is there, and you will know when you play the Blue Raiders? Yeah, there's no doubt, and that's something that, uh, you know, that, that we always take pride on is uh, – is you know hearing opponents, head coaches after the game, um, you know, allude to the fact of of how physical and 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 how hard we played for the entire time. You know, a lot of times we come out and teams are very excited for the first half or first quarter or something like that. And you know, I think that uh, that you know all of our guys take pride in in uh, sustaining that you know toughness and and uh, and and willingness to to lay it out on the line for their you know for their teammates uh, for for the full game and. Um, uh, it's something that I, I really do uh, take pride in. Logan Kilgore, 6'3", 206-pound quarterback, named to the Manning Award watch list this year for Middle Tennessee. Logan, how familiar are you with the BYU defense, uh, their skill players, specifically Kyle Van Noy? Yeah, I'm very uh, very aware. Um, I've, I've watched BYU and... Uh, and uh you know growing up and and so you know even the past couple of years i've always had my eyes on on their scores and their games and stuff like that and uh you know i've you know just in, in being able to really sit down and, and watch film this week and um look at them they you know they've obviously got some very dynamic players on defense they uh they do a lot of a lot of things coverage wise and running guys all over the field and um you know kyle van noy he's a uh he's a very dynamic and um you know very good player you know i think he's a uh you know, be able to add him to the list of the future NFL guys that I've gotten a chance to play against. And uh, I think that everybody's really excited about the opportunity. 
fifth year senior, where are you at in school? Because uh, sometimes guys uh, pursue graduate degrees at your level. Right. Yeah, I graduated with my undergrad in business um, last August, and I, uh, I've you know worked pretty hard and gotten um, set up to graduate with my master's, my uh, uh, MBA in December. So that'll be uh, about two more months of school for me. Logan, you're in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. What is the best thing about playing and living in Murfreesboro? Uh, I think, you know, just the, the close vicinity to Nashville. Uh, I think that, you know, Nashville is a great city, uh, country music, all that. And um, I think that Murfreesboro is a, uh, it's a college town. They, they really support their university. And, um, you know, what, no matter the sport, I think that, uh, you know, all the fan support and, and, and uh, town support really, uh, really makes this a, a home away from home for me. Okay, finish the sentence. Middle Tennessee will beat BYU if? If we protect the ball on offense and uh, and get the ball on defense. I think that's kind of been our motto all year long, and I think that, uh, um, you know, no matter what, uh, who we're playing on the schedule, that's that's always going to be the formula for success for, success for us. Uh, we, you know, I think we need to do a better job protecting the ball than, uh, than we have this year, but um, you know, we've definitely done a good job getting it, so hopefully that uh, will continue. Logan Kilgore, you'll get a good look at him tonight on ESPNU, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, as his Blue Raiders try and upset the BYU Cougars in a Friday night showdown at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jerem, very quickly, why does having a senior quarterback give the Blue Raiders an opportunity to hang around, other than the obvious reasons? Yeah, he's been in the games where they beat Maryland and they beat Georgia Tech, and on the road. So they've won this kind of game before, where it's a name opponent, um, you know, probably on bigger television coverage than they had before, so they're up for the game a little more. He's a, he's kind of a, Middle Tennessee's kind of a 200-200 passing rushing team. That's kind of where they go. So he's not going to be crazy explosive through the air, but he's but he makes good decisions. He's crisp. He knows their offense extremely well. So that's dangerous. So uh, for him to go against this BYU defense uh, will be a fun challenge tonight. Very quickly, let's play Know the Foes. We're going to break down BYU's entire schedule, their opponents, what they're doing, what their records are, and I'll start with this. After four weeks into the college football season, not one of BYU's opponents has a losing record. And it's, I think it should be that way. You're playing your weaker games if you're a BCS conference team in the beginning of the year. So when we get through six games, and if that's the case, I'll be, I'll be even more impressed. We'll start with Virginia. The Cavaliers currently 2-1. and one. Of course, one win coming over BYU in the season opener. They come off a win against VMI 49 nothing. They are at Pittsburgh this week. Texas, they're 2-2. Two and two. Beat Kansas State last week by 10. They have a bye. Utah, 3-1, and one. of course, touchdown win over BYU, and they too have a bye. We'll be back with the rest of our schedule breakdown on BYU Sports Nation in just moments. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars, BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Before the break, we were going through our Know the Foes segment. We got through the first three teams that BYU has already played, and now we tackle the rest of the schedule with upcoming opponents beginning with tonight and Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee, of course, 3-1. Uh, and one. They beat Florida Atlantic by 7 in overtime last week. Utah State 2-2 two and two after a tough loss at USC, losing 17-14. They will host San Jose State tonight. Georgia Tech 3-1, and one, lost last night to Virginia Tech 17-10. They're at 15th ranked Miami next week. Houston 3-0, 31-26 win over Rice. They are at the University of Texas San Antonio. Boise State 2-2, two and two, lost to Barnburner last week to Fresno State by one. They're hosting Southern Miss. At Wisconsin, BYU will play on November 9th. They are 3-1. and one. The Badgers have a huge test at Ohio State in the horseshoe this Saturday. They trounced Purdue 41-10 last week. Idaho State's 2-1. and one. They lost 56 to nothing to Washington. They are at UC Davis. 22nd-ranked Notre Dame, 3-1 and one after a 17-13 win against Michigan State. They, too, have an enormous challenge hosting number 14, Oklahoma. And finally, Nevada, they're 2-2, two and two, and they beat Hawaii 31-9. They're hosting Air Force. It's now time for the Cougar Whip Around. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Women's volleyball. Match point number two for BYU. Godfrey to great for the win. And 
BYU survives a West Coast Conference five-set throwdown. BYU extending its home winning streak to 18 games after a five-set win over St. Mary's last night. Alexa Gray and Tambor had a combining for 41 kills in that win. BYU, first place in the West Coast Conference. They'll host Pacific Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Soccer. 17th-ranked women's soccer team lost 1-0 with an 88th-minute goal last night to 19th-ranked Denver at a rainy south field. The Cougars have lost three of their last four and scored just three goals in the last five games. BYU's next game is at Baylor next Friday. Golf. The Cougars are breaking bad in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the William H. Tucker Intercollegiate today. The tournament ends tomorrow. Tennis. Cougars uh, women's team specifically is in Berkeley, California for the Cal Invitational which runs today and tomorrow. On Monday we have Another Maddich Monday, ESPN's college football expert Trevor Maddich will weigh in. Join us to break down Middle Tennessee, BYU, and look ahead to Utah State or another in-state rivalry there in Logan. Today's rise and shout goes to Alexa Gray of the women's volleyball team. The sophomore had 21 kills last night in the five-set win. The Cougars started the season one and two. They've won eight of their last nine. Also, she's from Canada. Canada represent. Take off. Here's some of the best sound from the week. What you'll learn is how does the operation look? Our team earned more chances to score and win the game than our opponent. We earned that chance, but didn't take advantage of those chances when we got it. We didn't do, you know, what Texas supposedly did with the masks and all that stuff all summer, and, you know, that really worked out well for him. Steve Young has got a locker there, too. You know, he's probably locked right next to Taysom Hill. I'm, I'm in the auxiliary locker room with the, uh, <laughs> where, the, where the walk-on players are. A couple things that really excite me about this year's team. There's a lot of new faces, okay, that can bring some really anxiety to a coach. This year we have more new players than we have returning guys. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Watching your bowl game last year and watching Kyle and what he did in that game, I, I, I was praying that you know he would come out early. We play on Friday this week and we need to get ready to go. We need to be better. Just some of the sound from this week on BYU Sports Nation. We've had a fantastic guest list all week, including today. Big thanks to our guests, Robbie Bosco and Logan Kilgore and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager John Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on the BYU Radio YouTube channel every afternoon for Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation on a football Friday. Woo!